With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert helping people to think, speak, and act positively through the many and varied challenges of life. You can find out more about me at my website. It's Tom, the number two, and tall, T-A-L-L dot com. My guest today is not only an amazing friend, but she's the author of a book with a cool title. The book is called When Mummies Get Crazy. Have you ever seen a mummy get crazy? Children and adults alike will relate to this heartwarming tale of sleepover plans getting canceled when a mummy gets crazy and will appreciate ending up in a place of forgiveness and love. Christina Callender lives in Ontario, right near me, Cambridge, Ontario, with her amazing husband, Brad Callender, also an amazing friend of mine, and her two uh, great children, who I've also met. She is a dedicated student of life and a consistent, happy learner. Christina embraces the flexibility of being a budding entrepreneur and enjoys walks, talks, and long lunches with a good friend. Welcome to the show today, Christina. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. What an interesting title for a book, but one that uh, I just asked a few coworkers here. Have you ever seen a mommy get crazy? And they're like, uh, don't all mommies get crazy once in a while? So uh, interesting, interesting. So I, I got to know because I know mostly you do real estate investing. You are an entrepreneur. You have a process serving business and so when I heard of the book I was like wow what was what inspired the book when mommies get crazy did you get crazy well definitely Tom it was inspired by personal experience um, both uh, with myself being a mom and with my mom and friends of mine who are moms uh, I do need to qualify the title a little bit though because it isn't just mommies that gets crazy uh, <laughs> there are pretty much times for everybody in life uh, right. to get crazy so it is an example for certain <laughs> right and uh, it looks like um well, I didn't read about you have a great uh, illustrator for the book as well, or what do you call her, illustrator? Uh, uh, who designs the, the actual pictures? Because it is a children's book, so you need a good uh, illustrator uh, to capture the kids' minds, don't you? 
Right, exactly. And she is uh, a wonderful illustrator. It's kind of a neat story uh, where she came from. Um, I actually, when the book was created, I uh, felt that uh, uh, it would be very interesting to see what uh, pictures would look like to go th- to go with the words. And so what I did was I held an art contest at uh, my kid's school. And uh, the top three, the first, the second place, and the third place winners of the art contest had a chance to illustrate the whole book. And the first place winner is the one that uh, illustrated the book for me. And she was in grade seven at the time. Uh, and what I had asked for uh, was just one particular page um, from the book to be depicted. Uh, and it is... Uh, uh, when a, mo- a crazy mommy is acting like a dinosaur, and I wanted to see uh, how the kids would turn a mommy into a crazy dinosaur. <laughs> and uh, so uh, Madeline Williams is the artist's name, and she just did a wonderful job with her her uh, art contest entry and, uh, and with the rest of the illustrations as well. It uh, almost felt as if she um, she knew the book before she even... Uh, read it because uh, she just captured exactly what I was looking for. And on the back cover, there's a nice picture of her big smiling face and a little description of her. It looks like she even creates creates websites. Uh, it looks like so. Look at these yeah. young kids. Like it took me like a few years to learn to create a website, and she's not even a teenager yet, and she's making them. Good for her. Oh, and good idea are... for the. Go ahead. They are definitely amazing, um, and Madeline Williams is quite a dynamic girl. She's just about to graduate from grade eight now, and she is a valedictorian for her graduating class. So that's happening next week for her. So. Wow, amazing! So anytime uh, someone writes a book, I uh, imagine that they have a particular audience in mind, someone that can relate to what they're writing. Who's the, who can relate to the message in this book when mommies get crazy? Well, I think pretty much anyone who is a mom or has at one point in their life had a mom. <laughs> because, <laughs> like you say, most mommies do get crazy. Um, right. So pretty much anyone, uh, I think, who reads the book um, can relate to it. I find it very interesting uh, over the years, I have found it interesting just reading stories to my kids, how often I find the message is more for me than it is for who I'm reading it to. <laughs> um, uh, there have been times even when uh, I've gotten into a, a, an argument with my daughter, Holly, and uh, when, when the argument's been over, she'll say to me, Mommy, do you want to just go read a book? And I say, sure, let's just go read a book. And we sort of take a breath and we calm down and and we go sit on the couch. And she picks out the book. And I'll tell you, she just has a real knack for picking out the message that I need to hear at the time. (laughs) So I think that um, I think anyone who who reads this book uh, of all ages, I think, can grasp what the message is. Right, of all ages. I'm 54, and I got something out of it, too. And I have a mummy. (laughs) I don't think there's many people that don't have one. So, yeah, of all ages, people can relate to it. Um, Well, as I read it, I thought, obviously, kids. 
would relate to it more and might help explain a few things for them. But as you said, anybody who has a mother, is a mother, <laughs> knows a mother, really is going to get something out of the book, uh, even if it's just a great big smile uh, because they recognize <laughs> some of the things in the book from their own mother. So good. The, the reactions, uh, the, the reactions from the kids that have read the book have has been, uh, Mom, this book is for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then the moms are like trying to hide their eyes. Like, what do you mean for me? <laughs> now, is there a place to buy it other than Amazon? I know I see it on Amazon.com here. Uh, Looking at. It's available on Amazon.com. It's available on Amazon.ca. It's also available because it's a self-published book. It's available on CreateSpace, and CreateSpace is a a division of Amazon. Um, And I also have copies available as well. Very nice. Okay. So uh, they can get it online. What if they want to get it autographed or... Something like that. Can they just uh, email you, or how can they do that? Because uh, sure. I know mine's autographed. <laughs> we can certainly take care of that, no problem. And uh, we do have, um, you know, ways to pay overline. We do online. We do have PayPal available and and such. Nice. So uh, let's get to what is the main message or concept behind what's in the book. Uh, what are people going to learn from it? What uh, message are they going to get out of it? Uh, there's a few things that come out of this book. One of the main ones is um, for moms in particular, we we can be very hard on ourselves. And when we do get crazy, we can feel uh, very, very bad about it. And we, we can judge ourselves and and really get feeling down about uh, how we've acted. And a lot of times, um, anger is displaced. A lot of times it can come out, uh, something can happen during the day and it can come out later uh, when when it's really not necessarily, you know, the, the cause of the accident, but perhaps, uh, argument, uh, but uh, more a last straw. And so it's a little bit about everybody's human, everybody can have a bad day, and when we get angry, when we get crazy, when we get sad, when we get any sort of emotion um, that uh, comes out, it it is really just a call for love. And that's the main idea in the story, that when when we get crazy, we might do these things. We, it talks about... Um, uh, I like to make noise. I like to slam cupboards. This mummy likes to slam cupboard doors and wham books on the table. And this mummy likes to to stomp around like a dinosaur until the floor shakes like an earthquake. Um, and all these things they they might seem like something that is um, being directed at uh, us, the the recipient of of the the anger. Um, but it really isn't. Uh, it isn't really an attack. It's really a call for love. And so when someone is angry in front of us, we have an opportunity to see it instead of uh, as an attack to, to take it personally. We can see it as a call for love. And we can respond with love. 
and try and understand that perhaps this anger isn't really about me. This person in front of me is just having a bad day. Um, I think perhaps this came out as a children's book, this concept came out as a children's book, just because children seem to do this so naturally. They they don't take uh, a mummy's anger personally. They they take a mummy's anger and then immediately are just capable of wrapping their arms around their mummy and saying, I love you. Um, and all all thoughts of the argument are just are just gone. Um, so children just are so natural at returning um, love when a call for love is uh, given to them. So it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a, a, a concept that comes out of it um, regarding forgiveness, just forgive ourselves for, for um, you know, accept forgiveness from our children for, for what we do and forgive ourselves and, and in return, you know, learn how to forgive other people for their calls for love. Yes, and some good points in there. One, uh, uh, first of all, parents and adults can learn a lot from children. Husbands and wives can learn a lot from children. Uh, You know, I don't know if it's a guy thing or me thing, but, you know, when I'm mad at Kim or she's done something to annoy me, uh, uh, it festers in my brain and my thoughts and my emotions for like half a day or a day. And so we get to learn a lot as husbands and wives about this uh, uh, concept like kids where they take the anger, but in the end, they just love their mom so much that 10 minutes later, they're back to loving their mom. And so I think husbands and wives can learn a lot from kids. And then also you mentioned like the anger that's being displayed at the moment could be related to something that happened like eight or ten hours earlier, bad day at work, some bad break, uh, something annoying, and, you know, just a few little extra little straws along the camel's back the rest of the day, and then one could just set you off. But it's the big one eight hours ago that really got you on edge. And so a display of anger doesn't necessarily mean it's directed at the child and just a little thing that pushed it over the edge, but it could be just an accumulation of everything that's happened that day or the day before. And so it always is an attack on the child. It's often just a bubbling up of those emotions over a day or two from other areas that kind of knock you uh, over the edge, isn't it? Most definitely. And it is very easy to take it personally when uh, it's, it's hard to see that it's not you that is the cause of the anger. Uh, And so it is very easy to take things personally. Adults take things uh, a lot more personally than than little kids. Uh, They seem to be able to let things go uh, a lot quicker. They don't let things Mm -hmm. fester for a half a day before (laughs) before they let it out in the wrong place. They just kind of, you know, something will happen with them. They'll deal with it right then and then let it go and, and get on with life. Um, which is something else we can learn from our kids for certain. Um, But uh, for sure, uh, something that we practice in our house, not to take someone's anger personally, is to own our own anger. And so to realize when we're having an an angry moment ourselves that uh, no one else is the cause of it, I'm the one that's angry and I'm the one that needs to deal with this and 
and really what I'm doing is is I'm calling for love. That's something that's sort of um, takes a lot of practice to kind of wrap your brain around that when I'm angry, I'm calling for love. Um, we've been taught to feel, I've been taught myself if, if I do let my anger out to feel bad about it, uh, afterwards, I judge myself very harshly for letting for letting any sort of anger out. Um, but not letting it out, you know what happens? It all just will build up, mm. and it will come out eventually. So, you know, to to sort of suppress any any feelings isn't helpful necessarily either. But when they come out, to realize that you know what this really is my issue. I remember the first time that that. Um, this was my son, I was having an argument, and I was letting him know just everything that he was doing wrong in my world, and I had stopped him, he was playing the drums, and I had stopped him in the middle of of the song that he was playing to let him know that these things weren't being done right, and he was just looking at me with this look on his face, like he was trying to understand what I was saying, because he really wanted me to feel better than I was feeling right then, but he just didn't quite know what it was about. And I looked at his face and I said, you know what, Josh, this is not about you. This is my issue and I'm going to go deal with it somewhere else. Please continue playing your drums. And that was the first time that I owned my anger. Um, now, everybody has to practice it in the house if it's going to work because if only one person owns their anger, then, then uh, you know, it mm-hmm. doesn't, it doesn't necessarily uh, make sense, but I can't make anyone else own their anger either. So they've got to choose to do that myself or themselves. All I can do is set an example. And when when I realize if I am getting angry and it really isn't about what's going on right in front of me, say, wait, there's another way I can look at this, and we can we can figure out another way to deal with this. Hmm. You're hitting me right in the uh, where it hurts here because uh, you know you paid attention to me on Facebook. I'm back on prednisone, a very strong oral steroid for my rheumatoid arthritis, and I know that the side effects are irritable, grouchiness, and anger, and I can feel it. But for a few days, I was using that as an excuse. Well, you know, I'm on prednisone, and. Uh, after a few days, it's like, well, I'm just making an excuse for it. It's like, okay, I'm enjoying being mad, and then I'm making an excuse for it. But and now, I, even though I know that it's this side effect, it's still my responsibility to control it, uh, to not just let it go flying just because of the, uh, the steroids are making me angry. And so, yeah, take a personal responsibility. Sure, I have an excuse, but... Lousy excuse if you just hurt someone because you're angry and grouchy and irritable on little things that you really could think differently about, as you said, right? Right. And that's not to say that it's easy just all of a sudden stop getting angry, and that's not necessarily healthy either. Um, Like I said, you know, your emotions are natural things just to to deal with. Um, But to be able, you know, if, if anger does come out and an argument does happen, to be able to say, you know what, please forgive me, that wasn't really me right then. I was angry what? about something, and I didn't mean to take it out on you. 
Wow, to your kids you would say that? Oh, most definitely. Wow, I would have loved it if my mom said that to me. <laughs> would have made me feel a lot better a lot of times. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, what a unique what a unique way to be apologizing to your kid for and it well, teaches them something really too. I'm apologizing. It's not apologizing okay. because if you apologize that means you've done something wrong. Okay. Now if if anger is sort of a, a natural thing to work through, it's not that I've done something wrong. It's a different sort of forgiveness. Um, uh, simply because, okay, let me let me turn it the other way. If someone's angry in front of me, if I take that personally, then I would I would feel attacked and. Mm. I would expect an apology because that person did something wrong in attacking me. But if that person is in front of me and I can see that they're angry and I can see that that anger is really just a call for love, they're not really being themselves right then, they're just calling for some love for whatever reason, something isn't right in their world, and they're calling for love in front of me. I'm no longer taking that personally. It's no longer an attack. That person has no longer done anything wrong. There's nothing to forgive. So that person is more able to forgive themselves. Wow. And forgiving yourself is the hardest thing to do. It's harder than forgiving someone else. But to be able to allow that person the space by not taking them personally not seeing as it an attack, you allow that person the space to accept the forgiveness that they need for themselves. Wow. Now, I was thinking as you were saying this, this requires some practice. It's not something that uh, I or anybody or any mother is going to be an expert at in after reading the book. It's going to have to take some time. So what are some things we can do to practice this into our daily lives so that it becomes a habit and that we do, you know, take responsibility for our anger. That's the first step, Tom, is take responsibility for your anger. Stop blaming everyone in your world for your emotions. They're yours. Own them. Hmm. And that's a tough one because so many people say, oh, this made me angry, that person made me angry, work made me angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, could be irritating, but you are in control of your emotions, hopefully, and your anger. And so somebody could lessen the message by saying, well, this irritated me or irked me. Irked is kind of a funny word. It's a lot nicer than angry. And it, build, it gives you a different feeling in your body, a little bit of less of a anger feeling. And so... Yeah, so give us a few other tips, other things that we can do to 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 practice this and make it a habit in our lives. Awareness is one of the biggest things. Don't be ba- don't don't be down on yourself if you do get angry. If you're even noticing, if you're noticing that you're getting angry and even taking a little step to say, "Wow, okay. I'm angry and I'm not going to blame anybody." Um, it's just over and over, just step by step. Just don't don't be down on yourself when when the things happen. Just try and be aware of them and watch what you're doing. And as soon as you start watching what you're doing, um, then then 
things sort of start changing because um, just simply because of being aware of them. Um, and the the not blaming is really very interesting because um, when my daughter was quite young, she's quite a bit like me, <laughs> so uh, I I tread I tread with her carefully uh, just because I don't want to fall into any sort of repeat patterns that uh, that I know happened in my childhood. So quite young in her life, she looked at me uh, during one conversation and said, "Mummy." you can't make me do anything. <laughs> and I said, you know what, Holly? You're right. I can't make you do anything. And I said that, I agreed with her for a couple of reasons. Number one, I want her growing up in life knowing that she, no one can make her do anything. She always has a choice in life. And so I work with that very carefully with her. You can't make me do anything. But then she'll come to me, and she'll be mad about something going on in her world, and she'll say, Mommy, you make me so angry. And I say, Holly, I can't make you anything. Right. So oh. she, you you can use it, um, you know, yet you have to do it both ways. Right. Uh, you can't just, excuse me, I have a... <laughs> right, it has to go both ways, though, as you said, with the child and with the mother. Yes, it does. Um, so, if there we go, pardon me, Tom. Um, yeah, it does have to go both ways, and so the same with the anger um, or any sort of emotion. If you're going to uh, put it one way and say, um, you know, you need to own your anger, well, then I need to go and own my own as well. So I can't put anything on to my daughter or my kids or my husband that I'm not willing to do myself. And really the best way for them to, to be willing to do it themselves is to see me do it if I set the example. Right. Uh, can I have a question? Uh, uh, get your opinion on something because I'm a. I don't get angry too often unless I'm on my steroids, and I'm really great at just biting my tongue or not saying anything, not reacting, not lashing back. But a lot of times, like it's boiling up inside of me, I know what I want to say. Uh, there must be a happy medium, like biting my tongue not engaging in battle and walking away is what I do. But again, at some points, I think you said earlier, you can't keep it in all the time. At some point, you're going to have to raise your voice or say what you're thinking. So is there a happy medium between there? Or is that a good way to do it, just to not engage when someone else is in an anger state? If you engage them, then it's just going to be both of you in an anger state. What are your some ideas on that? Uh, again, it takes a lot of practice, and <laughs> with with married couples or couples of any kind, uh, you know, even children, uh, bosses. This this has to go with uh, any relationship you're in at all. You can either be right or you can be happy. You can't be both. <laughs> 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 but what if I know I'm right and I'm still unhappy just because I don't want to argue for 20 minutes about it? If 
you think you're right, if you know you're right, and you're still in an argument about it, then can you say to the other person, you know what? I don't agree with you, but you might be right. Ooh, I like that, because I have been wrong when I thought I was right. Haven't we all? (laughs) Enough times to know that I'm not always right. And, ooh, I like that, I like that. But I may be wrong. I may be wrong. And And you know what? It is possible for both people to be right. And a lot of times when, when we're angry or our emotions are high, we can only just see our perspective. And even though our perspective might be right, someone else's perspective might be right also. You may both be saying the same thing, just differently. But when our emotions get high, we tend to not be able to listen as clearly. So a lot of times it does come down to the, the listening. Am I able to want to be happy more than I want to be right? Am I able to do that enough to at least listen to what they mm. want to say. Wow, okay. And I would think that it's so important as mothers and fathers, parents, like I would think how you communicate with your child may be the way that they grow up and communicate with their children. And I don't have kids, so I would think I would, I might be thinking at times like, is this an emotion or a way of communication that I want? my kids to grow up with and be when they're a mother or a father. And I think that would kind of make me think or stop in my tracks uh, because we were talking about a little life here. And we know these little kids just listen to what you say. They listen to how you say it. And most likely they're going to grow up to be like you or dad. And so, you know, that must be an important thing for a parent to consider is this, how I want my daughter to be reacting or son uh, themselves in 20 years when they're a a parent or a husband or a wife. You know what? You don't even have to wait the 20 years to start hearing your voice come out of your kids. (laughs) (laughs) Sooner than that. One of the first things I noticed, I think, Josh was maybe four or five years old. He's almost 15 now. And and when he was four or five years old, he started walking around the, walking around the house, and, and what I heard coming out of his mouth, just over nothing really was, oh, I hate it when that happens. Ooh. And then he'd go over and something else would happen. Oh, I hate it when that happens. And I started hearing him. And I I would say, wow, Josh, you're really full of a lot of hate. And he's like, what are you talking about, Mom? I'm like, well, you say, I hate it when that happens a lot. And he said, well, well, I don't really hate it. I say that. And then I started noticing how often I say that. And I wasn't really in a hate mode when I said it. It was just kind of a comment. Oh, I hate it when that happens. Yeah, yeah. What a negative thing to say. And when I started hearing it come back, man, did I start saying, I stopped saying it very quickly. Right. My, uh, Kim calls me, my wife calls me the word police. And hate is one of the words that I police her on. And my, uh, this will be a simple phrase that hate is a very strong word, sweetie. You want to pick something different. 
And because, yeah, like you say, you just say, oh, I hate it when that happens. But there's no real hatred in it. It might be annoying, might be irritating, might irk you, but hate, like that's a strong emotion. And so, yeah, when you hear your little kids say that, you're like, oh, my gosh, I must probably say that myself because they, they're not walking around in the playground hearing hate from other kids. They're probably hearing it from adults. And so, yeah, okay, so it does come back to you even before they get older. Uh, even when they're young, especially when they're young, that's probably when they learn the most. Mm-hmm. So, must have been a cool moment for you to be like, "Hey, look how often it makes you aware yourself." As you said, after that, you're like, "Wow, I'm using this word a lot myself. No wonder where he got it from." You know, they are little mirrors. They are reflections of you. Every every person in your life is just a, a reflection of you. Uh, the reflection that your children give to you and your spouse give to you are very anyone that you you live with in a in a close family setting they're very they can be very clear reflections in and help you to allow to be aware of the things that you do if you're able to just open yourself up to the idea of learning from your your children. So many parents think that it's just their job to teach their children, but when when you can open yourself up to how much you can learn from your children and from everybody in your life, um then they they take on these these new qualities that um can really be very helpful. Very true. I'm liking this. <laughs> I'm learning a lot myself. I'm, big, I'm a big child myself, so very good. Uh, so uh, it seems like you've, a lot of what we've been talking about and, and even in your book are uh, things that we can learn from our children or children in general. Uh, what are some of these things that we c- can learn from our own children uh, that can help us be better people? Unconditional love. Your children just give unconditional love so easily because they haven't forgotten how to do it. They are so forgiving. They, um, uh, I asked, I asked a group of children once. I had just actually read the story to them, and at uh, at the end uh, of the story, after all the craziness has happened, and then. And then uh, you wrap your arms around your mummy and tell her that you love her no matter what. You really see your mummy go crazy. She may cry like crazy. She may laugh like crazy and dance like crazy. And all this time, she's loving you like crazy. So even when a person is angry, they still love you. I tell my kids, when I'm angry, when I'm not acting myself, please know that I still love you. They they know this unconditional love, and there's, they will offer it so freely if you will just accept it from them. Hmm. But so often we choose to be right instead of happy. We choose to be angry instead of accepting or even seeing the outstretched arms from them. Hmm. It I think a lot of... Yeah, go ahead. It took me until after I wrote the story. Um and when Holly read the story and knew that she kind of uh, inspired parts of it, um, she would come anytime I was angry and just instantly put her arms around me. And I'm like, you know what? This isn't <laughs> quite what uh, 
what it's talking about in the book. Um, but through the practice of it, we've we've come to understand how to accept the outstretched arms and let go of the anger quicker. Mm. Yes. Now, it sounds like the title of the book could have been When Mummies and Daddies Get Crazy, because all of what we're talking about, I think, would be the same, whether it's the mummy or the daddy. The unconditional love, the being responsible for your anger, uh, you know, forgiveness, uh, all all the different things we've been talking about, I think, apply equally as well to mummies and daddies. So as you were talking, I was thinking, like, would a father's anger be different? Would it be louder? Would it be harder? Uh, but I was thinking, no, it's the concepts are all the same, whether it's mommies or daddies, isn't it? Exactly. And like I say, it's anybody. A boss can go off on an employee. Neighbors can start acting not quite so neighborly. Um, it can be anywhere in the world. And such simple little things like being uh, having someone cut you off on on the, the road mm. when you're driving and you know instead of just saying oh you know he must be in a hurry he's in way more of a hurry than i am we take it personally when someone cuts us off and we speed up and pass them and cut them back <laughs> off and maybe right. they'll have a nice little gesture on the way by right right um so it's it's sort of everyday life everywhere we can practice this anytime um, anger is anger, and uh, we have to own it, not blame other people for it. Right, exactly. So again, let's remind people that it's available on Amazon.com. It's available on Amazon.ca. And uh, uh, when mommies get crazy, uh, are there any other things that we can learn from our children, Christina? I know there's so many things we can learn from them. Now, uh uh, my wife and I have a two-year-old in our house now, uh, her son's girlfriend's little kid. And and so I'm learning some of these things myself. I get angry and I don't do that. And, and so what are some of these other, maybe a few other things that we can learn from our children? Because they could be the best educators for us of all, can't they? One of the things I have noticed about children, and I did daycare in my home for about eight years as well, um, so I had a lot of time watching both my children and other people's children. Uh, they have a way of living in the moment and living mm. life to its fullest. And if we could let go of our to-do list and let go of all the things that are stressing us in our, our minds and just live in the moment with them, at least once a day. <laughs> <laughs> but I love my to-do list. Well, you know what? One day we went, Holly, we were going to the grocery store, and Holly said, Mommy, we're wearing our pajamas today. And, you know, it <laughs> took me about 10 minutes, but I went, okay, Holly, we're going to go and we'll go to pajamas today. And wouldn't you know it, the second we got into the grocery store, she left me. Here we are in our pajamas together. She left me to go off to the bakery to get a cookie. I'm standing in the grocery store by myself in pajamas. And you know what? I said, who cares? I'm living a moment with my daughter because she asked me to. 
left right. coast, and we had a great time. So it, try it sometime. Just learn how to laugh with them. Learn how to be in the moment and laugh at yourself, laugh at the world, and enjoy it. I like that. I like that. Because they're not looking at yesterday or last week or next week or, oh, i got to do this or i got to do that. It's whatever is happening now is what's in the moment for them. And hard for adults to do that once you become responsible and have all these responsibilities. But uh, we could learn a lot about just being in the moment and not being have our phone in front of our face or a computer in front of our face or be thinking, oh, I'm going to do this tomorrow. Just be there. Be in the moment, especially with kids. They're going to remember that a lot. I would think later in life you remember the in-the-moment fun, cool things like pajama wearing to the store that you did with your mother or your parents. And and yeah, you, you could let all your logical, I can't go to the store in pajamas. Oh, if I see somebody I know or if a neighbor is there. But as you said, you did it for your daughter, not for your friends, your neighbors or anybody in the store. And so that is really being in the moment and kind of stretching yourself a little bit because I was thinking, I don't think I don't wear pajamas, but my wife wears pajamas that don't look like pajamas. And so she went while we were on vacation last week a few times to the store in her pajamas. And I was like, I don't think people are going to recognize those as pajamas, but that's what she slept in. And so, yeah, cool. Like no harm, no foul to do this, wear your pajamas to the store with your daughter. And it's kind of a bonding moment instead of feeling like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. And oh gosh, what what would so-and-so think? That's not what it's about. It's what your daughter or son thinks. And if they're having a blast, that should be your concern. Yeah, not what other people's judgments of you are. Right, right. And so I like that. Good example. Yeah, be in the moment. Be in the moment. And this is something we can all learn a a lot about. We have our 60,000 thoughts a day as adults, and a lot of them are not in the moment thoughts. And we rob people that are right in front of us when... We're not giving them our full attention. And kids especially probably feel it more than even adults. Uh, if you're robbing them by being distracted with your phone or your life or other things, I'm sure they notice internally. Well, this has been uh, fun. I uh, enjoyed the book myself. I uh, read through it and chuckled a few times, recognized a few situations, and uh, as you said, it, it's an interesting topic. It's an important topic, but in a lighthearted way. And kids will enjoy it. But I think, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of times these kids' books, the adults will get more, as much out of it or more than the, than the kids will learn themselves. But it is a nice way to explain to kids, uh, yeah, mommy and daddy sometimes going to go off a deep end or get a little irritated or angry but you know we are going to control that it's not you and so many things we learned in this interview it's been very cool you've had me thinking about back when I was a child and my parents and and anger and that's an important thing to look after I look I like the personal responsibility of it that's my favorite part of what you spoke about and so people remember when mommies get crazy Go to Amazon.com, or if you're like 
Christina and I and Canadians go to Amazon.ca. They have a huge presence here in Canada. Just expanded it recently. And you probably get the book quicker if you order it on Amazon.ca. And so thanks so much for your time today, uh, Christina. It's good to find out right from you about this book because I was like, uh, yeah, real estate investor, process serving, children's book when mommies get crazy. But it's a good solid message behind it. Uh, for both kids and adults. And so adults, go get the book. You're going to learn something from it yourself and kind of be a fun story for you to read with your kids. And it seems to me, from the two-year-old I got in the house now and other kids, a lot of kids love to read with their parents. And so nice book that you could sit down and read with them and have probably a little discussion about it as well, right? It's a concept uh, that comes across in a simple form with a children's book and even if the idea is just a seed planted, uh, sometimes a seed planted is all that it takes to, for it to grow. Uh, and uh, it's, an, it's a nice, simple way for that seed to get planted. So. Well, I love it. Well, thank you so much for uh, being with me today. Say hi to the amazing Brad Callender, one of my favorite buddies. And... Uh, Keep up your great entrepreneurial efforts. And I know this uh, book, probably the purpose of this book wasn't to uh, make a boatload of money, but to make an impact on parents and children. And I think that's why really I want people to go buy it, is that I know you're not you know, loading up a Brinks truck with the money you're making, but you are making a, a difference in the lives of parents. And there's no workbook or guide that comes with being a parent and so anything we can learn that helps us be better at it is uh, definitely a bonus isn't it you don't even need a license to be a parent (laughs) (laughs) right right and so better to learn these things earlier in the game than later and it it can really impact who in the future and as you said doesn't even have to be a 20-year future could be next year future your kid is going to be like and so something definitely worth focusing on Thanks so much for your time today, Christina. I've learned a lot, enjoyed it a lot. And remember, people, go out and get the book, When Mommies Get Crazy. It'll be a fun book for you to read with your kids and maybe a moment where you can learn a little bit from each other and develop some of these strategies that Christina was talking about because if you just do this strategy when nobody else in the house, it's not really teaching or impacting anyone. And so uh, certainly go get the book, When Mommies Get Crazy. Thanks so much, Christina. Have yourself a great day. Thanks, Tom. It's been a pleasure as always. Take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at TomTooTall.com for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.